Imagine a revolution in the West where they burn Plato and Shakespeare and the Iliad and the Aeneid and the Odyssey and the Church Fathers and, of course, the Gospel. Imagine if you set all of the roots of Western philosophy on fire, Jerusalem, Athens, and Rome erased. That's what the CCP did in the Cultural Revolution. And then they went from there to the one-child policy, destroying their posterity. No one has cousins. No one has aunts and uncles. Culture thrives in a family. And a family is not mom, dad, kid. A family is mom, dad, kids, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, festivals, celebrations, feasts. This is where culture thrives. The first victim of the CCP is China. The Olympic Games in China are unbelievable. We're watching the Genocide Olympics. And with us today is Jason Jones, whom you all know as a massive human rights activist, who, yes, he comes at it first and foremost from a perspective of pro-life for protecting the babies, because, of course, his history is having lost his own child to abortion in an unbelievable way that most of you know. But one of the things that he's also done is helped out so many people suffering human rights abuses across the world. You know him for that. You might also know him as a great filmmaker. He's got a film out right now called Divided Hearts of America. You can watch on Fox Station and anywhere you pick up your DVDs. Stay tuned to speak with Jason Jones. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jason Jones, welcome back to the program. John Henry, you know, I miss you. I, I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen you in person, so it's good to see you here on Zoom. Awesome. Good to see you too, virtually at least. Virtually. Tell us, if you will, what have you made of these Olympic Games? I know you actually warned of this already more than a year ago. But tell us what you what your thoughts are right now. It's a great scandal and an embarrassment to see transnational American-based, American-founded corporations, NBC, partnering with the CCP in the spectacle that is the Genocide Olympics. But scandal means stumbling block. And over two years ago, I, you know, the the captive nations people, the Tibetans, the Hong Kongers, the the, the Uyghur, were really disheartened by at this fact that these Olympics would be held in Beijing. And I really was hopeful that we could could get them moved, Um, but that didn't happen. And I think that might be God's grace because the scandal has become a stepping stone. We're standing on this stumbling block and we're amplifying to the world the incredible abuses of the CCP. And I really believe that when the history books are written, the Genocide Olympics will mark the beginning of the end of the CCP and the beginning of a free China, the beginning of a free East Turkestan, beginning of a free Hong Kong, the beginning of a free Tibet. So I think we have an incredible opportunity here because the veil has been ripped away. And the world is seeing not only the abuse of nature of the CCP, but the neoliberal participation in these abuses. You have an article on LifeSite News I want to direct everyone to, which really exposes those who have funded and participated in these genocide games or genocide Olympics uh, over at LifeSite News. Tell us a little bit about that. Give us a little snapshot. Yeah, well, it's a little snarky. You know, it's an open letter to the woke of 2095. And in it, I, I say, I know that you lack the courage in 2095, like the woke of today, 
to stand up to the people in power who are abusing people today in your age. But maybe you can do me a favor and look back to 2022 and help me cancel these names. And then we list the names of all of the corporations and the presidents, the CEOs of these corporations. I mean, I could read the list. It takes about 15 minutes. I do it on my podcast. Um, but you can also go to the LifeSite article and you can see the names of all of these corporations or the people we know and maybe love like Savannah Guthrie and Hoda and, and Al Roker, these broadcasters for NBC. It's really disgraceful and they shouldn't participate in this. And, and, I, and NBC, I think, is real. They've already realized what a catastrophe this is for the network and for their brand and for their hosts, not to mention the sponsors. Now, it's it's happening to the athletes right now. There's a lot of news coming out of China about what's happening. What have you seen and what do you make of it? Yeah, there's a Belgian woman who's a member of the, the bobsled team. And um, I think she initially tested negative, positive for COVID, but they keep testing her. She's negative now. They told her they were going to move her back to the Olympic Village. They didn't. And they now they've moved to another location where she's in solitary confinement uh, for another seven days. She made an Instagram where she broke down crying and she said she feels like she's being tortured. And what's really sorrowful, this young woman is an out and about sponsor. She's a proud out and about Olympian. That means I guess she's in some way a member of the quote LGBTQ community. I hope that they're out and about for her because I can tell you as a conservative Catholic, I'm going to be out and about and loud for her. Um, But to think that they're abusing our athletes, the people we put in Wheaties boxes, the people that sell shoes and sugar drinks, you know, the people we revere, they're abusing them in front of the whole world. And I have to ask myself, is it that the CCP does not even know how to act right for 16 days? They don't even know what that means. They can't treat people with decency for 16 days. They can't even fake it. Is that the problem? Or do they not care? Are they abusing our young men and women, our heroes, our Olympians, for the whole world to see on social media? And they're, they're so brazen that they can care less. And they're like, look what we're doing to your people. What are you going to do about it? I don't know which one it is. But either way, it's a catastrophe. And it makes you think, if this is how they treat Olympians with the world paying attention, they, 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 they pushed a broadcaster right away from the camera with the camera rolling. If this is how they're treating broadcasters and athletes with the world's eyes gazing at them, one has to, to, to ponder what in the world is happening to the Chinese when the cameras aren't there. What is happening to the Uyghur? What is happening to the Tibetans? Well, we know a million Tibetan children have been separated from their parents and sent off to re-education camps. Three million uh, ethnic Uyghur are in concentration camps throughout China. Uh, The women are are raped. They're forced to have abortions or they're forced to have children with Han Chinese. Um, There's forced labor. And of course, uh, there's organ harvesting. And John Henry, People compare this to the Berlin Olympics in 1936. That's not a proper comparison at all. It's not a fair comparison. Uh, you know, it's, Hitler was a bad guy. He wrote Mein Kampf. He said some bad things. His regime wasn't great. But the Wannsee Conference that laid out the, 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 the Holocaust wasn't until 1943. The invasion of Poland wasn't until 1939. Kristallnacht was still two years away. So the world really didn't see the horrors of Nazi Germany yet. Those those horrors were years away. But in 1949, the CCP invaded Tibet and invaded East Turkestan. 1949, uh, the Cultural Revolution was before we were born. The one-child policy started in 1979. Um, 
And the escalation of ethnic cleansing in, in East, occupied East Turkestan has been running rampant for almost a decade now. And, and, and the abuse of Hong Kong is happening before all of our very eyes. Uh, you know, prominent Catholic laymen like Jimmy Lai have been arrested. Bishop Joseph Waiju has been disappeared. His seminarians and his priests have been disappeared. This is happening. Uh, this has already happened. This isn't in the future. So uh, this is the, I think this is a great grave scandal. I don't see how the Olympics will recover from this um, because it's damaging to their brand. Um, but I'm willing to sacrifice the Olympics to rip back the veil uh, for the world to see the truth about the CCP. One of the main actors in this sort of drama unfolding has been the mainstream media. The failure of the mainstream media to report and also of politicians to speak out against what's happening. Um, these are evident human rights abuses. They are being hidden by much the mainstream media and by politicians who continue to praise China. Some of them just out loud, blatantly not even caring about what they're doing. Everything is becoming crystal clear, isn't it? The same mean, uh, mainstream media outlets that are praising China, praising the CCP, are calling the salt of the earth truckers in Canada fascists. The same people. Uh, this is really absolutely unbelievable. But we're seeing now that as we step back, the CCP and the neoliberal elites and the neoliberal establishment, Arnold, they have an alliance. And so we need to unite together with the victims of these abuses and stand for them. You know, it's, it's really sorrowful. I say if we were to take a blue light and run it through our house, and, and, and even the computer that I'm looking at you, the camera that I'm looking through you at, I'm afraid that I would see the blood of Uyghur all over my house. You know, uh, poetically speaking, if I were to take a blue light through my house, we would see the blood of the Uyghur on our clothes. We would see the blood of Han Chinese and Tibetans. We would see the victims of the, the blood of the victims of the CCP on, on all over all over our house. Well, how did how did these products get here? Well, companies founded in the United States. Canada and the Western world, transnational corporations are in partnership. And then our investment funds, our retirement funds have blood on every dollar. This is really sorrowful. So we need to disengage from any company that partners with the CCP, any company that partners with the exploitation of the Chinese, the exploitation and the exploitation of the captive nations. We know really we're at a point to free China's to free the world. Um, when we partner with the cost of those Cheap electronics in those big box stores is the enslavement of your children and your grandchildren and the enslavement uh, of the Chinese and the captive nations today. One of the aspects that is also very despicable that, that actually is being trying to foist on, foist it on the rest of the planet as well, but is the persecution of all sorts of religious groups in China. You've had some personal connection with that. Um, what, to, what's your stance on what's going on there and what have you seen? My relationship with the persecuted groups of China goes back to when I was a young student at, at the University of Hawaii in the 90s. You know, as a college student, I was chairman of the pro-life student union and I was chairman of the college Republicans. And, you know, that's an uphill battle fighting for life uh, as a Republican, as a conservative in any college campus. And um, but what I discovered was that we really had a constituency and we had a presence and a voice on campus. And so it was in the 90s when I, I went to other groups fighting for human rights, like Chinese dissidents that were on campus, and we organized events together. We organized an event for the freeing of Wei Zhenxing two weeks before 
Zemin came to the East-West Center and two weeks after he left, after a protest, Wei Zhenxing was, was freed. Um, but it was then where I realized that the pro-life movement is, is the largest, most influential and powerful social movement in the world, most tightly knit together. It's something people don't understand. And LifeSite News is at the hub of that. But I, I knew this in college. And so I wanted to lend our influence and our voice to like and commensurate issues. And I'm not a believer in this seamless garment that says, uh, that submerges the child in the womb in, a, in an ocean of prudential issues. But what I will say is there are issues like and commensurate to abortion. And I think genocide, democide, and total war are like and commensurate in their denial of the fundamental beauty and dignity of the human person. And so going back to college, this was something that was very important to me. In fact, my organization, Hero, our very first initiative was to train the Chinese on, on uh, how to use corruption, how to corrupt government officials to subvert the one-child policy. And this is going back now over 20 years. It is the suppression of religious freedom. It's not just religious freedom. You know, there are communities in China that just acknowledge a transcendence. Anything that transcends the state, they rightfully see as their enemy because their horizon is finite. And, and that's why even in the, the West, you know, Heidegger, um, he's something Heidegger understood um, was that Nietzsche wanted to kill Jesus Christ, kill God. Um, but that wasn't enough that one had to kill Plato. Heidegger wanted to, you know, he became a Nazi and he wanted to kill Plato because the idea of logos, the idea of transcendence was repugnant to that illiberal man. Um, and so that's what we see in China. Any religion, any philosophy, anything Taoism, the Falun Gong, anything that points to transcendence is a threat to the CCP. And so how sorrowful. They're really trapped in a very diminished world, a very small world. Um, and so it's very important. I, I, you know, my wife is, is Chinese and that's her, you know, she's a first generation American. And, and I, I want to liberate China from the CCP. The CCP says that religion is, is a threat to Chinese culture. And they want to they make sure that everything comports to Chinese culture. No, they mean to the will of the party, which the party is animated by a perversion of Western ideology. It was the CCP that waged a cultural revolution that ripped up the very roots of Chinese culture. Imagine a revolution in the West. Um, I guess Heidegger and, and, you know, would have liked this, but imagine a revolution in the West where they burned Plato and Shakespeare and the Iliad and the Aeneid and the Odyssey and the Church Fathers and, of course, the Gospel. Imagine if you set all of the roots of Western philosophy on fire, Jerusalem, Athens, and Rome erased. That's what the CCP did in the Cultural Revolution. And then they went from there to the one-child policy, destroying their posterity. No one has cousins. No one has aunts and uncles. Culture thrives in a family. And a family is not mom, dad, kid. A family is mom, dad, kids, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, festivals, celebrations, feasts. This is where culture thrives. The first victim of the CCP is China. Now, what do you make of China's plan today? The Basically, it seems like the exporting of the social credit system, this, this, the 
And is China sort of behind the global control? We've seen the evidence that, you know, China was responsible for the uh, the so-called COVID-19 virus coming out of the lab in China. But what do you make of what's going on right now and its relationship to China and the move of the whole World Economic Forum, the Great Reset pushers to going toward that Chinese style social credit system? Yeah, we'll own no property and we'll love it. We'll be eating cricket meat. And notice they always say, you will own no property, not we. You will own no property. You will be eating cricket meat. Cricket meat. What is cricket meat? I don't know. You'll be happy. You know, when I was a young college Republican, I was a market fundamentalist. And I remember campaigning for permanent most favored nation status for China. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I remember being so happy. You know, we got permanent MFN for China. Why? Because we were told China's going to become like us. Yay. And we're going to have a free world, you know, kumbaya. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be like, you know, Disney's It's a Small World. And there'll be Panera Breads in every town. Well, guess what? That didn't work. It didn't happen. We've become like China. This social credit system, we already have it. We have cancel culture and no one's left. You know, you look at what they're doing to Joe Rogan right now. Joe Rogan is called himself a socialist a few years ago, voted for Bernie Sanders. Um, no one thinks he's a racist. No one, no one looks at him, that guy and goes, he's unhealthy. No one thinks he has ill intent. People may disagree with him. Okay. They dox his past. They look, they look into his past and they seek to destroy him. Whoopi Goldberg. No one thinks Whoopi Goldberg's an anti-Semite, but they just, it's this will to destroy. And then they look in their past. Cancel culture is the culture of death. We as pro-life people should never engage in cancel culture. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be prudent and thoughtful and you know, but um, but what it means is exactly that. We should be prudent, thoughtful. We should look to people's intent and actions and allow people to make mistakes and, and, and misspeak or grow as humans and not seek to destroy them. In the Cultural Revolution in China, they would bring a 19-year-old girl on stage in her small village. They would have a stage. They would bring her on stage and they would, they would laugh at her, right? And they would say, she, 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 you know, peed in class when she was in first grade. This is something that happened to a friend of mine. She told me. They, they said they brought her on stage. They made fun of her for, you know, losing control of her bladder like in first grade because she was scared whatnot. I don't know. They said, oh, you were zit-faced as a junior high student. You kissed this boy in high school. And they would go, they would go through everything. And your grandfather was this kind of person. Your, not only you, your father, your grandfather, they would ridicule you on stage in your little village. Well, now we have social media. Not only do they, they are, are people allowed to ridicule and attack and dox and destroy, then if you want to speak out against anything that goes against their orthodoxy, you are silenced. You are silenced. Um, so we're seeing the cancel culture. We have become like China. We cannot allow ourselves as human beings to conform to this. Um, we shall not conform to this. We will not engage in the cancel culture. We will defend the vulnerable. And uh, we will we will promote a transcendent moral order. We will celebrate the dignity of the human person. And, and that's the key, right? And Catholic social teaching, true Catholic social teaching, um, not a lot of what masquerades it's, presents itself as Catholic social teaching, but, but, you know, really standing with those who've been outcast, celebrating the dignity of the human person, pointing to the transcendent moral truth. This is the, the foundation of our civilization. Um, that's, that was birthed with the, the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity. Our civilization flowered from a, a, a new understanding of human dignity. And the CCP, of course, would love to take an ax to that. I have to ask you this one last thing, and it, it pains me to ask it, but the Pope 
just tweeted wonderfully uh, about the Olympic Games. No condemnation of China's genocide. No condemnation of the persecution uh, Catholics are undergoing in China. The the false church that they're setting up. Nothing. Um, as a Catholic, what do you make of that? And what do you say to it? It's the age of the lady. Okay, this is what I get from this. That it's the age of the lady right there. I have to say, I'm greatly. I'm frustrated with this. But, you know, when I was in Iraq, um, miles from ISIS, traveling with the Peshmerga, documenting the brutality of the ISIS brutality to the ancient Christian communities, the first century Christian church, uh, I had a priest um, with tears in his eyes ask me, why is the Pope beaming images of wild animals onto St. Peter's Basilica, uh, that globalist-funded charade at the Vatican? Uh, Why is he beaming wild animals and dangerous species onto the walls of the Vatican? Can't he beam images of my children that have been killed and are being raped by ISIS? And he had tears in his eyes. And he said, where's the Western church? Of course, this was a priest whose language was Aramaic, the language of Christ. Uh, He lived in a Christian community that had been there since that community was planted by St. Thomas. We didn't hear a single word from Pope Francis. Pope Francis has never publicly uttered the word Uyghur once. He has never uttered the word Uyghur once. It's very confusing. It becomes less confusing when you know that Cardinal McCarrick, the most blackmailable man in the history of disgraced, former disgraced uh, Cardinal McCarrick, the most blackmailable man in the history of the planet Earth, goes to China, the regime that loves to blackmail people, to broker a secret deal. Um, who knows what the terms of the deals were? We've all heard large, very large numbers in the billions of cash transfers to the Vatican. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's not true. What I know is true is the Pope has been silent on not only the abuse of the Uyghur and and the other, but of our own co-religionists, of of his own bishop. A bishop approved, Bishop Joseph Zheng Waizhu was a bishop approved by the church. You have a prominent Catholic layman who his activism was animated by the gospel of Jesus Christ and Jimmy Lai, and silence on that. The Catholic anthropologist Rene Girard in a lecture that made it into his last book, I See Satan Fall Like Lightning. You know, when Peter was in the crowd, he was swept away by the crowd. Peter, the first pope, conformed to the spirit of the crowd and denied Christ. He said, imagine if, what if, he said, I'm not saying it is a prophecy, but what if that is a prophecy of a, of a, of a pope, of a future pope that is swept away by the spirit of the age and denies Christ? Well, we know that when you look at the Uyghur in a concentration camp, you're looking at the face of Christ. When you serve him, you're serving Christ. When you turn your back on the Uyghur to stand with NBC, Nike, Google, um, Airbnb, all these big brands and corporations that are sponsoring, and the CCP, when you stand with them against the Uyghur, I feel like you've been swept away by the crowd. What is our vocation in the world? If anything, it's, it's as Christians... It's never let anyone be abandoned, never let anyone be alone. You know, my organization thinks, oh, I, I want to bring this up. I can, I will cry to tell you how grateful I am for LifeSite News, that you introduced us. We didn't solicit you. You solicited us to introduce my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, to your donors. Who does that? I don't know. You did it. And because of you, uh, you know, probably 100,000 people were saved because of LifeSite News, putting us up on life funder. And some of the people you saved that came to us were LGBTQ. They, they, they worked for Western aid organizations and the Taliban was hunting them. They were 
They were abandoned by the leftist organizations they worked for to death. They came to us. We saved them because they were human beings. Uh, we rescued uh, all Muslims, Christians, and, you know, the last Jew in Kabul, we helped rescue. Uh, all religions, we didn't ask. All we did is make sure through a serious vetting process that they weren't dangerous Islamists. Um, if they were truly vulnerable minorities, we didn't look. We, we helped a lot of Catholics, thanks to LifeSite News and our donors. But that is what the gospel is. It seems to be the most easy thing. It doesn't seem to be a hard thing. Uh, what's hard is if you cut me off in traffic, me not, you know, trying to run you off the road, challenge you a fist fight. That's hard for me. Um, but it seems to be quite simple to know that there are children in Afghanistan hiding like Anne Frank from the Taliban in a cold attic, living off of a little bit of, of a little bit of food. It's easy, I would think, to say I'm not going to support the Beijing Olympics as long as there are three million people in concentration camps or Tibetan children are being uh, kidnapped from their family in the hundreds of thousands. This doesn't seem to be hard. Why is the Holy Father not doing this? I don't know. But I do know this is the age of the, is a lay Catholic, baptized, you know, uh, is a Christian with that grace. This is something else Rene Girard said. He said, you know, I think the apocalypse may come. He called people who feigned concern for the vulnerable victimists. People who feigned concern for the vulnerable, for wealth, power, and prestige victimists. That sounds like some people I know, uh, prominent people in the Catholic Church. He said, when the last Christian becomes a victimist, that's when the apocalypse will come. When there is no one left to stand with those who have been abandoned. I like that. I, so my prayer has always been, Lord, let me be the last. The last to the end. How, what a privilege it would be. Stephen was the first martyr. What a, I'll be the last, you know? Um, that's what we should all strive to be. I pray for the grace that let the world abandon Whoopi Goldberg. I'll be with you, Whoopi. Let the world abandon this LGBTQ um, bobsled girl in, in China. I'll be with you. The Muslim Uyghur, I'll be with you. Uh, the child in the womb. Uh, uh, in the womb of a poor teenager in Gary, Indiana. I'll be with you. That's what all of us should pray. Truckers in Ottawa, let the world lie about you and call you Nazis and call me names for supporting you, whatever. I'll be with you. Nick Sandman, I'll be with you. This is what we should all pray for. The grace to never stand with those who have been outcast. And if Gerard is right about his first uh, prophecy or second, I don't know. But I know that um, there were guides to me. When I read that, I said, may I never abandon the vulnerable. May I be the last. Be with them till the end. And there's nothing more privileged than that. When you think about at the cross, who is with their Lord at the cross? So when the, everyone leaves, if you have God's grace to stay and you look around, you're at that pro-life, you're praying outside that abortion clinic and you look around, who's next to you? The most beautiful people in the world. If you stand with the truckers, and you go bring them food and fuel in Ottawa, and you look around, who's around you? The most beautiful people in the world. When you rescue Afghans, and I get to greet them at the airport and meet them with their babies, who am I meeting? The most beautiful people in the world. So really, I think maybe after 30 years of doing this, I've been doing it too long to know there's nothing to be afraid of. And there's really, it's just a, a beautiful privilege and grace. Um, and LifeSite News, and I said this when I had the honor of speaking for one of your events in Washington, D.C., I meant it then, and I mean it even more so now. You are the most important apostolate in the world. I don't want you to get a big head, John Henry, but uh, or your staff there behind the camera. But I really do believe, I do believe that. I'm, I'm, it's not, I, I'm not exaggerating. 
I believe that you are the most important apostolate in the world. And you always surprise me, you know, with your consistency, uh, an authentic consistency. We've been the the fake seamless garment has robbed us of the truth that there is a consistent ethic of life. And you demonstrated at LifeSite News when you got a helicopter to go film those truckers. When you call me unsolicited and say, hey, we see what you're doing in Afghanistan. Look at what we're doing for you. Can you check this out and see if we can, can we, can we, can we raise money for you guys? Um, so that is an authentic, consistent ethic. Um, and that's what we need as Catholics, to live out an authentic, consistent ethic, to stand with the, all of the vulnerable when they're vulnerable and when there's a cost. And LifeSite News does that. And I pray that God continues to bless your ministry, your apostolate, and everyone who works for you. Thank you, Jason. It has been for us and for our donors who support you an awesome privilege. We pray for you and uh, so proud of you in your fight for life, for freedom, for faith, and for family. May God bless you, Jason. Thank you. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time on The John Henry Weston Show. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to LifeSiteNews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.